May God speak to you through today's message from Pastor Ryan Locksmo. Well, good morning. My name is Ryan Locksmo. I'm the small groups pastor here at Parkway Fellowship, and we're really glad that y'all are with us today as we continue our series, Illustrated, in which we are looking at a number of the parables that Jesus taught. Now, a parable is just a short story uh, that basically has a meaning behind it, and this was one of the most distinctive features of the way that Jesus taught. He would uh, go around and, and engage with people in different environments, and he would draw on uh, those environments and the, the situations and people around him to illustrate the teachings that he wanted to give uh, to the people. And so uh, while many of the other teachers in that day would kind of teach in a very lofty, academic-type way where only very educated people could get it, Jesus was engaging with real people, you know, right there in their lives, and he was teaching amazing truths in a very accessible way, in a very uh, easy-to-understand way. And, and, and parables was one of the primary ways he taught. He would tell these little stories as examples of what he wanted to teach, and it was really amazing. Um, and so Jesus, not only was his message revolutionary, what he was telling people about God, the way that he delivered his message was revolutionary as well. When I was in college, I uh, worked a number of part-time jobs to kind of make ends meet, and uh, one of them was I taught guitar lessons, and I had 10 students, and one of them was uh, a member of the youth group where I also worked, and I knew him really well, and I knew his family really well, and uh, one time they were going to take a vacation, and they were going to go to New York City, and uh, the parents, they worked really hard at very high-stress jobs, and so they, they needed to get away, they needed to unplug, relax, and so they said, hey, Ryan, will you house sit for me? And I was like, yes, I will absolutely house sit for you. Because I was in college, and, and I didn't have a lot of money, and, and they had this nice big house in Plano, and they stocked the fridge for me, and, you know, they got the big TV and a hot tub in the back and all this, and it's like, this is awesome. Like, and I'm going to get paid for this? I mean, it doesn't even get better. I mean, it was so great, and it was over Christmas break, I remember. It was just awesome. And so I was really excited about it. But it didn't go so well. It did not go well. Uh, See, here's the thing. I didn't really pay that much attention when they were giving me the instructions about what they wanted me to do when uh, they were gone. And so um, that led to it not going well. So he had told me, the dad, his name's Chuck. Chuck had told me, okay, you know, you can use a pool, use a hot tub, but if you're going to use a hot tub, you've got to go back behind this little gate. You've got to turn these knobs on the pump and do this thing. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Well, then that night I go out there and I'm like, I can't really remember which one. I was, eh, it's not going to stop me. So I just started turning stuff and I like messed up their pool big time. I don't even, to this day, I don't know what I did, but it started making all these weird noises and stuff and, and the pump, I mean, it sounded like it was going to break. So I had to call him on his cell phone, I remember he answered, and like literally he and his family were in Times Square. And I'm like, hey, Chuck, so I think I broke your pool. Can you help me a little bit? And so I rem- I'll never forget him like, you know, yelling into the phone like, okay, what noise is it making now? And I'm like, ah. And so he's literally helping me troubleshoot his own pool from Times Square over the phone. And it was just so embarrassing. Uh, I was just humiliated and uh, it actually didn't stop there. <laughs> so uh, later that same night, I set the alarm off in the middle of the night because I didn't pay attention to, you know, the alarm system and motion sensors and all that. So the alarm went off, and I couldn't get it to turn off. 
I couldn't get it to turn off. And so the alarm company, guess what they did? They called them in their hotel room in the middle of the night in New York City saying, your alarm is going off. Chuck calls me on my phone and says, why is the alarm going off? And I told him I'm an idiot, basically. And then he had to walk me through turning his alarm off over the phone. I mean, it was awful. And then the dog threw up on the carpet. I mean, it was like the worst, the worst. It was awful. I mean, it... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed even just telling this story now. It just takes me back. Um, but look, I mean, here's the deal. I completely missed the point of what house-sitting is all about, okay? I made it all about me and sort of what I was going to get out of it. I, like, it's a vacation for me. I'm house-sitting, vacation for me. No, it was a vacation for them. And I was supposed to give that to them headache-free, and I did not do that. Um, and so I, I just completely missed the point of the whole deal. I was humiliated. But, you know, I think we've all been in situations like that where we just completely miss the point of something. You know, situations like, for example, uh, something is supposed to be fun and somehow you make it, like, really serious. It's like, well, that was supposed to be fun. You're completely missing the point. I've been in that situation. Or situations where something's going on and it's totally about somebody else, but somehow you manage to make it about you. Okay? We've all been in that situation. We completely miss the point. And often it has to do with kind of focusing on ourselves in the wrong way. Uh, This morning, we're going to look at uh, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And this is, um, it's one of my favorite parables. It absolutely is. And uh, in this illustration, Jesus is going to address um, basically a guy who completely missed the point. Completely missed the point of what it meant to know God and follow God and to to understand, you know, what it meant to have a relationship with God. He completely missed the point. And look, um, Jesus was around people all the time who missed the point. And so he used illustrations like this one that we're going to talk about this morning to correct that and to teach them the truth about what, what God wanted. But before we get into the parable itself, uh, let's take just a couple of minutes and talk a little bit about some of the background of it. Uh, because if you take a minute to figure out, like, okay, who were Pharisees in the, in, in the day you know, that Jesus lived? Who were tax collectors? What were they like? This thing will really come to life if we take a second to do that. So let's do that. The Pharisees. In the first century world that Jesus lived in, uh, the Pharisees were all around. And actually, when you read in the New Testament, you hear about Pharisees all the time. And and often they're confronting Jesus, challenging him, criticizing him. I mean, they're not friendly. They're they're his opponents. And in fact, the Pharisees, they really come off as villains in the whole deal. And and you can just kind of think, well, these are just evil people. But it's really not that simple it didn't start out that way. Here's what Pharisees were. They were religious leaders at the time. And what they had said was, we think following God and doing what God said is very important. So we are going to raise the bar and set a really high standard of what it means to follow God. And so we're going to take seriously every commandment he gave us, and we're going to follow it, and we're going to, because we want to do what God wants us to do. That sounds admirable, doesn't it? I mean, it doesn't sound wrong. But as you can imagine, that quickly became, for many of them, not all of them, many of them, all about the rules. It just became all about the rules, who's following the rules, who's breaking the rules, their pride, judgmental attitudes, all of that creeped in, and they completely lost sight of God. They completely missed the point of what God wanted, which was an authentic relationship with them. Now, tax collectors were on the complete opposite end of the spectrum in Jewish society. Um, 
the Romans were in charge in the time that Jesus lived, the Roman Empire. They ruled everything. And it literally turned the stomachs of the Jews to have to pay taxes to Caesar. I mean, it, it was just an awful thing. And the tax collectors, you know, they took so much money from the Jews because the Roman taxes were so high. And, and Jews who worked as tax collectors for the Romans were thought of as traitors. It's like, you're working for them? You are working for the Romans, the ones who are keeping us in poverty and oppressing us? They were traitors. I mean, they were absolutely hated. And tax collectors were basically assumed to be liars and thieves because they were notorious about skimming off the top, you know, taking money from their fellow countrymen and just keeping a little for themselves. And so they were stealing from their own impoverished people. And they, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that tax collectors in Jesus' day were probably the single most hated group of people, okay? So in the eyes of many Jews, the people Jesus was talking to, Pharisees were very holy and tax collectors were just scum. I mean, just straight up scum. But Jesus had something to say about that. And he says it in the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Now, I printed it out in your notes for you. You've got it there in its entirety. But we're not actually going to read it right now. We're going to do something a little bit different. We are going to see Jesus illustrate this for us. Okay? We're going to have a short video clip. And then we're going to come back and look at the parable in the Bible a little bit closer afterwards. But let's see it. Okay? Here's what you're going to see. You're going to see Jesus and his crew come into a crowded marketplace. Okay? Then you're going to see a Pharisee. You're going to be able to tell him because he's got the white head covering. And the Pharisee basically says to Jesus and his pals, hey, you better steer clear of that tax collector. Well, then you're going to see the tax collector seated at a table like this with the scales, you know, taking people's money, um, balancing it out and all that kind of stuff. So you'll see Jesus and his, his pals. You'll see the Pharisee and you'll see the tax collector. Uh, let's roll the clip. They're stinking vermin. You should keep your distance from them. Two men went to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, and the other one. tax collector the Pharisee prayed God I thank you that I'm not like other men thieves adulterers or this tax collector but the tax collector He didn't even look up to heaven. He said, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. God bless the tax collector. 
not the Pharisee. Anyone who praises himself will be humbled. And anyone who humbles himself will be praised. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine how revolutionary that was for him to say that? If you haven't done so already, go ahead and pull out your message notes. We're going to dive into this thing a little bit deeper and see what we can learn. The first thing we've all got to do is we've got to ask ourselves, in what way am I like the Pharisee? In what way am I like the Pharisee? Now, this is not an easy question to ask yourself or to answer because nobody wants to be like that Pharisee. Nobody does. Arrogant, self-righteous. Let's look closely at actually what it says uh, in the Bible. Luke 18, 11 to 12, it's printed there in your notes. This is Jesus talking. He started telling the parable. He says, the Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. Underline, I am not like other men. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, underline fast, and I give tithes of all that I get. Underline give. Look at the ego on this guy. I mean, can you believe that? That's a prayer. He's standing by himself, Jesus describes him. He's standing by himself. He doesn't even want to associate with anybody else. He's way off at the side, and he's, he's listing off other people's sins. Hey, God, thanks I'm not like that adulterer over there. Whew. Hey, thanks that I'm not like that thief. Oh, yeah, that tax collector? Thanks, God, that I'm not like that guy. Man. I mean, can you believe that? And then he gives his spiritual resume. Hey, I fast. I tithe. He just lists it out. Like, basically, God, I'm awesome. Look how awesome I am, and look how terrible those people are. That's basically what he's saying. He has completely missed the point of what God wants, what he cares about. You know, knowing God, being saved, is not about how good or bad we are at all. It has to do with how good God is and how he desires an authentic relationship with us. But we do have to ask ourselves this question of how are we like the Pharisee because we can all be like Pharisees, all of us. And so we have to think about what situations bring out that Pharisee in us Maybe for you, it's work. Maybe at work, you know, you make a habit of kind of pumping yourself up and, you know, trying to make your coworkers seem like they're not as, not as good, you know, that, that, that you're really succeeding at their expense. Are you a Facebook Pharisee? There's a lot of that out there. There's a lot of, look at how great I am, and also some commentary of how less great other people are. There's a lot of that. What about up here at church? Maybe you're a really active uh, member of this church and you do give and you do serve and all that and that's amazing. But what's your attitude like about that? Have you strayed sometimes into the, you know, I think I'm pretty great for doing those things. I think I am something special. I think we've all been there at one time or another. What about with your kids? When you raise your kids, is it primarily about the rules and whether the rules are being followed or is it about the heart behind the rules? 
What about in your car? Do you think you're the best driver on the road? I do. You can ask my wife, Ashley. She'll say it all the time. Hey. <laughs> well, anyway, I totally think I'm the best driver. Okay? I can totally be a Pharisee behind the wheel. Are you trying to earn your way to heaven? That's essentially what the Pharisees were doing. They're trying to do enough good things to get God to like them, to, uh, to be able to be with him in heaven. Look, we're all guilty of being Pharisees at sometimes in our life and in certain situations. And look, the Pharisee in this illustration, he did some good things. Fasting, that's biblical. Tithing, that's biblical. These are good things. But his heart was completely in the wrong place. Completely. There's another thing we got to do. Got to ask ourselves, in what way am I like the tax collector? In what ways am I like the tax collector? Let's keep going with the passage, Luke 18, 13. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Underline that last phrase, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now look, if the Pharisee's actions were good, but his heart was in completely the wrong place, the tax collector is kind of the opposite, okay? His heart is absolutely in the right place. He's the good guy of this parable, okay? He didn't miss the point of what God really cares about. He didn't miss the point of, of needing God, relying on God, trusting in God. He got all of that stuff. But we can't also look to him as kind of a hero or like, let's model our lives after the guy uh, because he was in a lifestyle, he was doing things that was causing him to have to continually beg for God's mercy. And he knew it was there, and he trusted in that mercy, and he got that right. But his life was just kind of a mess. And so we need to ask ourselves, in what way are we like that? In what way are our lives not really reflecting God's grace? So for you, even if you get the point, even if you get it of, I need God, I need God's grace, what kind of habitual behaviors are you allowing to come into your life and put distance between you and God? Are you a tax collector in the sense of how you spend your time online, what you look at? Are you a tax collector in the way that you talk about other people? Is that something you have to ask for forgiveness over and over and over and over about? What about gossiping? Are you a tax collector in that sense? Are you a tax collector in the way that you go about your business or, or the way that you work? What about this? Are you a tax collector in the way that you talk about your spouse when you're out with your friends? Do you run them down or build them up? In what ways are you like the tax collector? Because here's the deal. While he's not someone who we really want to emulate with our whole lives because of that fact, he got it. He knew where his trust needed to be. He did not miss the point of what God wanted. And that leads us to the final point. We've got to place my trust in Christ. Place my trust in Christ. Look, in some ways we're like the Pharisee and in some ways we're like the tax collector. We're not one or the other. We're really not. We go through our lives and we kind of shape shift. I'm a tax collector, I'm a Pharisee. I'm a tax collector, I'm a Pharisee. Okay? But the key question of this illustration is, 
Where do you put your trust? Where do you put your trust? Look at Luke 18.9. This is the beginning of when Jesus told this parable. He tells us why he told us the parable. Look at it, Luke 18.9. He, that's Jesus, also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves. Underline trusted in themselves. He told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. That was the whole reason he told this parable is he was surrounded with people who trusted in themselves. They didn't trust in God. That was his target audience, people who trusted in themselves. Look, the Pharisee did some good things. His heart was in the, right pl- or in the wrong place. The tax collector's life was a mess, but his heart was in the right place. And this is the key. God cares more about the heart. God cares more about the heart. And in that sense, we should all try to be like the tax collector. Look at Luke 18, 14. This is the end of the parable. In fact, Jesus told the parable, and then this verse is basically him saying, here's the point of the parable. He just spells it out for us. Here's the moral of the story. Luke 18, 14. I tell you, this man, he's talking about the tax collector, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but, and I want you to underline the rest of this, the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Look, to humble ourselves in that way is to admit that we need God. Look, the Pharisee, he needed God's grace. The tax collector needed God's grace. The difference is the tax collector knew it, and it affected where he put his trust. The Pharisee was blinded by his pride, his self-righteousness, his arrogance, and he missed the point. Completely missed the point. You know, Jesus didn't care about the Pharisee's self-righteous deeds. He cared that his heart was in the wrong place. And in that moment, Jesus wasn't even particularly concerned about all of the sins in the tax collector's life. He was more concerned of making the point, look, his heart's in the right place. And that is what I care about. So let me ask you this. Are you missing the point? Do you have a relationship with God? You know, maybe, maybe you are like this tax collector. You feel like him where you feel like, you know, my life is just not really together. It's kind of a mess. But I want to put my trust in God. That's you. Awesome. God loves you. Jesus came to save people like the tax collector. All of us. He didn't come to save perfect people. Why would he have come? He came to save people like the tax collector. And look, God loves all of us, okay? He loves us so much. The proof of how much he loves us is he sent his son to die for all of us. His son. Do you have a son? Do you have a daughter? Think about how much you love them. God loved Jesus way more. Way more. But it was worth it to him to send Jesus to die and pay the penalty for every sin that you have ever committed, I have ever committed, or any of us will ever commit in order to open the door for all of us to have a relationship with him. It was worth it to him to do that. He loves us that much. There's a sample prayer at the bottom of your message notes. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, it doesn't have to be that specific one, but a prayer like that that basically says, look, God, I know that I need you in my life. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I trust you to save me. If you've never prayed a prayer that basically covers those points, pray that prayer today. 
God is literally waiting for you to accept him and to start your relationship with him. It's a free offer. Christ paid it all on the cross. He paid your way into heaven to have a relationship with God. You cannot earn it in any way. It's a gift, 100% free. You have to accept it. That's it. So pray that prayer. Where do you put your trust? Where's your trust? That's the key question. Anybody who humbles himself enough to put their trust in God, that person's going to be exalted. That's the lesson of the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. All right, here's what I want you to do. I want everybody to go ahead and pull out your connection card. And I want you to hold it right next to your message notes. And I want you to check a next step or steps that you're willing to take based on the message today. And I want you to check it on both the card and on the notes, because in a second you're going to turn this card in. Uh, but you'll take the message notes home with you, and that way you'll have, uh, you'll have it with you so you can remember what you committed to. How about this first one? I will pick one area of my life where I act like a Pharisee and make changes this week. As we talked about the Pharisee and the kinds of things Pharisees do, and what jumped out at you? I'm sure there was one or two things that jumped out in your mind. Start making changes. Pick one of them. Start making changes this week. How about the second one? I will pick one area of my life where I act like a tax collector and make changes this week. You know, maybe you get it, and you do put your trust in God. And you get it, you get the point, but you're tolerating some behaviors in your life that are putting distance between you and God and causing you pain and causing you to have to beg for that mercy over and over, just like the tax collector. If you can think of things like that in your life, pick one, start making changes this week. How about this next one? I will memorize Luke 18, 14b. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. That is a great Great verse to have memorized. How about this next one? I'll come back next week for the conclusion of the Illustrated series. We have a fantastic parable up for next week, and it's going to be great. You're not going to want to miss that. How about this last one? I want to become a Christ follower for the first time in my life. If that's you, if you want to put your trust in Christ, if you prayed that prayer or you plan to pray it today, check that box, and we will mail you some free stuff uh, that will help you um, get started in your life following Christ. Also, There are some new believer packets on little tables just inside the doors as you head out. Pick one of those up, and it's got some great resources for you uh, as you start out your new uh, life following God. Let me pray for us as Pat and the worship team come back up. God, I thank you that um, you taught us the amazing truth in this illustration that you care about our hearts, that in spite of all the ways that we hurt you and cause harm to ourselves, you care about our hearts and you love us. God, I thank you for this, this truth, and I just pray it would stay with us, Lord, that you would begin to highlight for us in our lives the ways that we miss the point, the ways that we trust in ourselves, the ways that we become a Pharisee or a tax collector. God, help us to see those things. Help us to know what we need to do to remove all of that and to grow closer and closer to you and to have an authentic, growing relationship with you as our Savior. Father, I thank you so much that you loved us enough to send Christ to this earth to die so that we can know you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. 
Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.